Are you ready to supercharge your music career? You've come to the right place. This is the Real Musicians Don't Starve podcast. The only show where you will learn firsthand how musicians just like you have turned their passions into highly successful long-term careers. I'm your host, Michael Elsner, and I'm so happy to have you with us today. Now, let's dive into this episode. Hello, and welcome to Real Musicians Don't Starve. I'm your host, Michael Elsner, and today we are, we are here with Ed Eason. Now, you have seen Ed... I know you have. In fact, you may have even uh, been in the same building as Ed. Uh, for the last 15 years, Ed has been the lead guitar player for Carrie Underwood. Uh, he's been able to travel the in- entire world multiple times over. Uh, he's played on, on virtually every TV show there is, from the Grammys, the ACM Awards, the CMA Awards, uh, let's see, Letterman, uh, Leno, Fallon, right, all the talk shows. He's even shared the stage with rock legends like Steven Tyler from Aerosmith and Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac. So he's had an incredible career uh, with Carrie. And um, on top of playing guitar for Carrie, uh, he's also a speaker. Yeah, he speaks at a lot of corporate events. He shares uh, three of his uh, biggest life-changing lessons at, at his, uh, at his, uh, during his speeches. And uh, he's here to share his life-changing lessons with us. So, Ed, thank you so much uh, hey. for coming and spending time with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is awesome. I'm, uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of knowing you now for, I guess, about three or four years um, we, we aren't quite neighbors, but we do live in the same town, but I've known of you for a long time because we've both, uh, um, been, um, uh, endorsed artists for some of the same, uh, companies for, yeah, for yeah. many years. Yeah. And, working uh, a lot of the same circles. It's kind of funny how that works, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, you know, you, uh, your career has been, I think your career has been the a career that a lot of people dream of, you know? being able to play with such a, a huge artist and be able to travel the world and whatnot. So my first question to you is, you know, I, I, I know a little bit more about your personal story, but uh, my first question to you is when you were growing up and now that you've had this successful career, you know, 15 years, uh, you know, just playing for one artist and, and it's just an incredible uh, experience. What is your definition of success as an, as a, as a career musician? Um, what's my definition of success? Yeah. What is, what is like, like when you think of being a successful musician, what does that look like to you? Because you've worked with people, you know, from icons, you know, like massive stars to, you know, just, just like all the other guys in the band, you know, everyday folks who have had a great career, you know, they're, they're not necessarily well known. They're not on the cover of magazines, but you know, as you and I know, there are more uh, musicians who've had incredible careers who no one's really heard of but they've done stuff that all of us know and we've all seen and, and experienced, right? So, yeah. so my question to you is, I could probably just rephrase it a little differently, but, but when, from your experience, you know, a lot of people see musicians and they go, oh, you know, if you're not on the cover of a magazine, then you know, you're struggling. So my question to you is, is as someone who's not struggling and you know, but you've had an incredible career, what does success really look like to you from your perspective? Uh, well, as, as, so it's funny. I, I, I I'll even flip that phrase just a hair there. I don't, I don't really think about it as success, right? Sure. Um, 
and, and yes, I, I've been very fortunate, you know, and, and all those things. Uh, I, I think for me, it's, it's not so much that I, I look at my journey and think, wow, uh, I'm a success, but I said, oftentimes it's, it's, wow, that kid who got, who, who, who lived in a little small town, right. With no money and all, right. All those things. And like that kid, like I'm on the stage and I, I get to do it. Like this is, this is that thing I dreamed of as a kid. So I don't think of it as, wow, I've made it. I'm a success. Yeah. It's more of, Oh my gosh. I'm getting to do that thing I dreamed of as a kid. Like, who gets to do this? And that, yeah. that's kind of how I think of it. You know, it's it's rare, rare the, the thought success runs through my brain. You know, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a blessing to be able to get up every day and and do something that you love. And and uh, you know, you're kind of blown away. I, I I feel that too sometimes, especially when I work on some shows or films. You know, and I watch them later. I go, I can't believe I actually I can't believe that a kid in, from a small town in upstate New York was able to be a part of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's for me, it's a lot of gratitude. And, and, you know, it's probably a lot of, you know, maybe that's been part of the reason why I've been able to have the, the success I've gotten to have. Sometimes I think it is gratitude, not entitlement, right. you know, and that may be a whole nother conversation. But, um, right. you know, a little gratitude, it, it, gratitude really goes a long way sometimes in this business versus, oh, I, right? We, we've, we've, we've known lots of people who carry around a lot of entitlement and they just haven't done anything or yeah. they get to a great spot where they have uh, cool opportunities. And then that, that entitlement kicks in as far as what well, where's my, I need to have whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And all of a sudden they're not around very long, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I think we've all worked with, with musicians over the years who they get to a certain point and then they, they start feeling like they're the star and they but should be dude, treated like the star. But I, it, it goes all the way back to me playing in clubs at 19, yeah. 18, 19, 20 years old, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. those guys were had that same attitude way back then. And guess what? They never made it out of the yeah. club, wherever, whatever town they were in. You know, well, I think, I, was in. I think it's important to keep in mind that, you know, the music industry is it's a relationship-based industry. Correct. You know, and you're spending so much time with people when you're traveling with them or when you're in the studio that even more important a lot of times than the skill set is is your attitude. Correct. You know, and, 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 and if people enjoy being around you, you know, I, that's why I've always looked at things over the years. I had an experience years ago. I was leaving Dark Horse Studio, which is a big studio here in Nashville. This is probably in 2001 or 2002. And I was driving to um, this little, you know, there's a barbecue joint down the street, kind of a uh, uh, close to the end of, uh, was that Hillsborough road or whatever, or whatever, or, or old 96, whatever they call that road. Yeah. Yeah. Old Hillsborough. Okay. Yeah. And there's a barbecue joint there and we were going to this you know barbecue place. And I remember I was with the engineer that day and, and I hadn't seen him in a while and he was asking me how things were. And I said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm like booked for the next 11 days. And he goes, Oh, that, that's great. And I said, I don't know why. Cause I'm really not that good. And I, I specifically remember saying that to him and he goes, don't ever say that. The reason why you're getting these gigs is because people like being around you and you know your role when you show up. You know, and right. he, he was basically just being complimentary of, of yeah, I, just, I would just sit there and kind of be a fly on the wall until they needed me. And, and I realized, yeah, that, that really is, especially as I, as I got older and had more experiences with people, you know, you're going to have a lot more success by just showing up and doing the job and, and having a smile on your face, even when yeah. you disagree, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. it's a people, it's a people. 
people business. Well, that, that's right. You know, I, I tell people all the time, like there, there's a thousand players out there, right? There, there's, you know, there's a thousand people in your network who, who watch your podcast and watch your, your courses and, and things. And there, dude, I can promise you there, there, there's, there's a thousand guys out there who are equally as talented as I am or more so, and just as deserving to play the kinds of gigs that I get to play. Um, but having that good attitude, you know, really yeah. goes a long way. Um, uh, to your case in point, right? It's like, there's, there's just a lot of great guys out there who can play it just as good as you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the reality. It's not, yeah. um, but yeah, just being enjoyable to be around sure goes a long way too. I, I think, I think that's really, yeah, that, and that comes down to really having, having a mindset, you know, of, of, uh, kind of like what you were saying earlier, just being, you know, looking at what you do and going like, this is a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I can't believe that I'm here at the show or I can't believe I'm here at this award show and I'm, I'm getting to do this in front of all these people. And, and I think that plays a large role in, in that continued success, you know, cause you've been able to play with a lot of other artists who haven't really necessarily talked about, but so, but as, as you've had your career over the last, we'll say, you know, really 20 years, you've been with Carrie 15, but you've, you've, you know, you were around longer than that. Um, what are some of the strategies that, that you've been able to implement uh, in, in your career to, to stay consistent. So for example, like, you know, Carrie's not always touring. She's not always busy. So when Carrie's not busy, what are the strategies that you're constantly, constantly in, implementing uh, to keep your own career going, whether that's in music or whether that's building, you know, your career as a speaker? Um, you know, what are some of the, the different uh, strategies you've been Im- able to implement? Well, a lot of it's relationships, right? You know, we, we, we hit on that a little bit, I think, but, but relationships, um, being mindful of relationships, cultivating relationships. So there, there, there's a couple different kinds of people in, in Nashville and probably any community. And there's, um, there's some people who only reach out and engage and connect when they need something. Yes. Right. So it's, yes. that, so what that scenario looks like is this towards going great. You're living life. Everything's awesome, blah, blah, blah. And then now all of a sudden the artists or things slow down. And now all of a sudden you call up, hey, Michael, what's up, Ted? Let's go grab coffee and catch up. And hey, by the way, I need a gig. If you, if you know anybody going on yeah. tour, I'm looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you, your thought might be, well, dang, uh, that's kind of lame. Like, I thought Ed was wanting to come hang out, but really was, he just wanted to say, I need a gig. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so that's not as – you don't reach out to people only when you need something, right? Yeah. Versus yeah. having that relationship where you and I, we just we, we, we stay in contact. We'll grab a coffee occasionally, mm-hmm. whatever it is. We, we'll mm-hmm. talk on the phone for a minute. And so if I reach out to you and all of a sudden say, hey, we're tours winding down. I'm looking to hop on another tour. Keep me in mind. You're like, dude, I'm totally going to keep my ears open for Ed because he's, he's my bro. Like We talk. Yeah. He stays in touch. He doesn't just reach out when he needs something. Yes, we actually have a relationship, a friendship, and, and you want to help the people who are your friends. Of course. And, and so part of, I think a big part of strategy, and, and you don't want to call it strategy, but a big part of, of, of staying busy is not just to reach out to people when you need something, but to build mm-hmm. real relationships. And when you have those real relationships, i.e. they become real friendships, friends mm-hmm. want to help your friends, friends want to help friends succeed. And yeah. so 
keeping those relationships, just build, building true relationships. So when you're busy, it's a real relationship. When you're, when it's not busy, you need to reach out and say, Hey, everybody, I'm looking for a gig. They'll, they want to help you out versus, Oh, he's just reaching out because he needs a gig right now. And yeah. funny thing is he reached out a year ago when it slowed down and sure enough, he only reaches out then. And, and that's not very fun. Yeah. So I think it's being intentional through real relationships that, that, um, that you're engaged in, not just yeah. when you need things. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up and you said that that's, that's definitely been something that I've struggled with uh, throughout my entire career with, with other people. You know, uh, it's always been a big frustration for me when people just reach out when they want something. Uh, and I learned early, <clears throat> excuse me, early in my career to carve out time each week to actually connect with people. And I think that that's been, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a, a big uh, factor in, in what's opened up doors for me. You know, I, I would, I would just walk to a Starbucks or a coffee shop somewhere and sit down, um, you know, even before we had the, the, you know, the iPhones and could send out, you know, uh, messages on those. I would just walk to a Starbucks living in Los Angeles with my laptop, sit there for, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, a couple times a week. I go through my, my contact list and I just shoot out emails to people. And I always tried to really stay in contact with people. And, and I think that that was a big reason why when opportunities would come up, especially like in the, in the TV world and in the sessions and stuff like that, why I would get calls. And I learned later on that that's actually a strategy. You know, I was, I was doing it not knowing it was a strategy. You're doing it. Excuse that's me. How you, you just want to connect and stay connected with people. Yeah. But, but it's, 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 it's one of those things where like psychologically, when, when we are always in contact with people, we stay top of mind. That's it. So you that's know? it. You just hit it nail on the head, right? So it's a combination. You have, oh, we have a real relationship. Mm-hmm. So I want to help you or vice versa mm-hmm. and top of mind. And so yeah. when these gigs come along, I didn't audition for Gary Gig, right? I didn't audition for that. I didn't, I, I don't audition for most things. It's just that top of mind. Yeah. Hey, we need, we need a guy and it's top of mind. Oh, and I like it. Let's call him. And that's yeah. it. Fun. Yeah. Know? He's easy to work with. He can play the parts, you know, and, and he, and he's good on stage. Let's yeah, call yeah. him and, and, and get, yeah. you know, and get him but, in. But, but to your case in point, you really said it top of mind. I mean mm-hmm. that, so I think that's, that's the win of real relationships. It's, it's right. It's a double. It's a, it, there's two sides to this. It's yeah. the relationship because they want to help you and you're staying mm-hmm. top of mind. And, and, and if you're not top of mind, they may want to help you, but they don't, they forget like, Oh shoot. I yeah. love Michael. I should have totally called him for that gig. But this other guy called me today and I was like, Oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. I just, he was top of mind. And that's who I recommend it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've, I've never actually, now that you say that, I, I, I was thinking quickly, I don't think I've ever auditioned for a gig that I've had. In that uh, yeah. I, I have never auditioned for a producer uh, to play, uh, to play on their, on their, projects. I've never auditioned for a composer. Uh, a lot of times it was just, you know, I would come in and my first session with them, I guess would really be the audition, but it was a actual session. Yeah. You know, I've it's never like- auditioned for an artist that I've gotten a gig with. It's, it's really all been from knowing people. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. case in point, 15 years, basically yeah. 15 years with Carrie. It was because I knew somebody. Right. And I was top of mind and we had a relationship. Yeah. It was my gig to lose at that point. Right. I show up in a room 
mm-hmm. and I perform and I get the gig. I don't perform, they'll get somebody yeah. else. So, so then that's a, that's a great lead into the next question then. You just said it's your gig to lose, right? And you've had that gig for 15 years, you know, and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure various other people have come and gone for whatever reason, you know, probably, you know, just choices in their life, getting married, life, whatever, life, having kids. Life, yeah. You know, the, the live, the live world does see, you know, quite a bit of turnover over the years, but you know, to, to keep one gig for so long, uh, aside from the skill set. Obviously, you, you can play the parts. Aside from the mindset, uh, you know, uh, which is just people like being with Ed on the bus and, and at the airport and hanging out backstage and stuff like that. Uh, and I think that's really more of a mindset. Uh, what would you say would be another big contributor that's allowed you to keep those, that, that gig and has even allowed you to get the other gigs with the other artists that you've played with during the, the downtime with Carrie? Like, like, you know, we've been talking about like, like, you know, I think the action aspect is staying on top of mind and and, and making phone calls. Um, But I guess, I guess, let me, let me probably rephrase that question a different way. If you could go back to the 20 year old Ed. (laughs) He doesn't know uh, anything. 20 year old Ed. Ed, Let me, let me look at it this way. What, what would be two things that you would tell 20 year old Ed to do differently uh, that that this Ed in 2020 uh, knows and, and understands, having had a 15 year, 20 year, you know, really career as as a successful musician. Um, that's a really, really great question. And I don't know that I know. This is going to sound really, really bad. I mean, 20-year-old Ed didn't know anything, right? You know, yeah. 20-year-old Ed thought he was going to come to Nashville and run this town in a year. Yeah. You know? Well, it could, be, it could be something even as simple as just understanding certain business practices. You know, like you say, 20-year-old Ed knew nothing. You know, would you, would, if you could sit down with him, if you guys <laughs> go back in time and sit at a diner, would there be any particular business uh, music business strategies that you would that you would tell him uh, any just general uh, g- general knowledge that you would impart on him that you know would save him a couple years of of headache and struggle and frustration. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, this is going to sound really bad, but as far as that stuff goes, I feel like twenty year twenty year old Ed was on point on, on a lot of things. And here's what I'm here. And I, okay. I, I just want to, it's going to be like, which, <laughs> to modern day, Ed, he's arrogant if he thinks 20 year old Ed knew it, but here's what, here's what I'm gonna lay it out because yeah. I feel like I did a lot of things right. And there are things I could fix. So there I'll, I'll mention this and I, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll segue into your, your answer. But for those who, I think there are some good practices that 20 year old Ed did. And, and maybe this will, this will be a value for some people, right? 20 year old Ed knew if I want to have a real opportunity in a career, I had to position myself in a place where things were really happening. Right? So 20 year old Ed wants to get on stage and play arenas around the world. Like that's what I want to do. And so living in Houston where I live, <clears throat> although there's some, very minuscule part of the music community getting to do that in Houston. Uh, there just really aren't a lot of opportunities for that sort of thing living there. Sure. Right. And so maybe, may, may, you know, maybe living in Houston, I get to know a guy who maybe lives in LA or Nashville or who, or, or wherever. And, and maybe there's a slim chance that guy may be like, Hey, I know a guy in Houston. We should call him. Right. Mm-hmm. 
the reality is, is that I knew if I wanted to do what I wanted to do, I had to go where the action is happening, right? So yeah. statistically, where are the better opportunities? And so for me, that was Nashville. And so 20-year-old Ed knew, get to where things are happening so that you can statistically have a better chance of these things happening. Yeah, you can you can put yourself, you know, I, I think people say like, oh, you know, like you got lucky. And I don't think that luck ever happens. I think you actually go and you create the opportunities. So you were going to Nashville to go create the opportunities for you. That That's correct. Yeah, yeah. You know, the other thing was 20-year-old Ed also realized that that to stay in the game, to, to be able to create these opportunities or, or, or to be able to have these opportunities, I needed, to be, I needed to be able to stay in the game long enough for the opportunities to happen. You know, some people, they, they move to town and six months later, boom, they're, they're doing great, right? Or a year, they're doing great. That, and, and that wasn't my journey. But I knew I just needed to be able to stay in the game long enough however long that took for the opportunities to, to arise. And so for me, it was, all right, well, I don't need a nice, fancy new car. I don't need a nice, fancy apartment, right? I don't need those things that, that, that trap that a lot of people fall into. Well, now all of a sudden they're working day jobs all day, every day to pay for those things. You know, I was sleeping on a couch for a year. I slept on a floor for the next year because I just wanted to be able to keep my overhead low enough so I could go and, find these opportunities and be available, you know, not say, well, I'd love to get together and write a song or play a gig or do a session or do an audition, but I have a job at this time and I, yeah. they won't let me off to come do this. And I have this job to pay for this car that I had this expensive car note for that looks really sharp and this nice apartment. And what it's like, I just scrapped all that stuff so that I was like, you got an opportunity. I'll be there, mm -hmm. you know? And so, 20-year-old Ed was somehow as much of a dumbass as he was. He had a little sense to know, like, get there and make yourself available, you know. And as far as, like, what, what would I tell myself that would have saved myself a lot of time? So I, 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 honestly, I don't think I have that answer right now. I think it's sometimes it just takes time, right? I There are so many people I've met, whether – and the same holds true, whether it's music licensing, you know, sync deals, or, 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 or if it's, um, you know, trying to get on, on to make it, make it in Nashville or wherever. They'll say, I'm going to give myself six months. Now, I'll get it in six months. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back to college. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. give myself one year. Yeah. And if I don't get it in a year, then I'll go back and I'll, I'll do that, that safety net thing that, that everyone says I need to do, you know. And that's a myth, man. It's like, there's like that. You, you just can't, there's no way to know. It's like, it might be six months, might be a year, it might be a year and a half. Everyone that moved to town when I moved to town, because you know, anytime you're new to something, like just with your community of people, there are people, they're all new to this thing, probably that you're yes. building, mm -hmm. you know, that you're, that you're this info that you're giving these people and, and they develop a community amongst themselves. Right. Because that's just what we do. We gravitate towards people who, who are kind of at that level where we are. We try to work our way up. Out of all those people that came to town when I did, only one other person is still doing it. Me and another wow. guy. You yeah. know? Everybody else, I'm going to go back home. And they yep. did their, you know, they, they, they did their one year. You know, they yeah. did their whatever that number was and they left. Yeah. 
for me, it was just, it, it, sometimes it's just time. Unfortunately, it's just time. And there's, you know, how do you, it just falls. Sometimes this is what happens, right? You've got people in your community and they're going to get, they're going to get some great sync deals in, you know, three weeks. I mean, like, dude, this is so easy. And some people, it's going to take them a year and a half to yeah. get like a real one that pops to where it's going to be like, okay, I think it's really happening now. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, time is just, you keep making yourself available. But sometimes it just takes time. Elaborating on this idea about, I'm only going to give it six months or I'm going to give it a year. You know, I have a friend, the first time I wrote with him, He's pulling up in this Honda Accord with no air conditioning. Okay. Yeah. And we would write, I mean, we wrote numerous things together and he's pulling up and he's, I mean, I don't know. He's probably getting close to 40 out of something. Right. And he's showing up in these writing sessions with a car with no air conditioning. Fast forward. He finally gets a number one song. 17 years. Wow. He spent riding around in a car with no AC, doing all this stuff, writing songs, connecting, showing up for the next writing appointment, not having the nice car with all the nice air conditioning. 17 years. And now he's had multiple number one songs. Yeah. But it took 17. There you, if, he, he could have said, I'll give myself 10 years. He'd have been screwed. Yeah. 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 Would have wasted those 10 years. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, and, and that's a great example of how it only takes one thing to completely change and alter the direction of your career. It only takes one meeting with someone to completely change and alter the entire direction of your career. Now you don't know when that's going to happen, but I can look back on my career and I can say that I, I can actually bring, bring a number of the biggest events in my career happened Chance meetings, uh, most of the time like at a coffee shop or at some type of event uh, with people who I didn't know who they were, actually even didn't even know who they were, and, and they um, were very nice. And then one ended up being a very, very successful engineer producer who I then studied under and, and came up under. Another was a huge composer. I had no idea who he was. And then like the next day I was playing guitar on, on one of his TV shows and then that opened up a whole other uh, you know, career for me. And, uh, and it all comes back to literally, and I specifically remember one of those times um, being invited out to, uh, uh, it was a Sunday, being invited out. And I remember saying, no, I'm not going to go. I'm just going to relax and chill here. And then probably like 15 minutes, I thought, I, I should just really go out. I should go out and, and just be out a little bit instead of just staying home. Thank God I did. Yep. It yeah. completely changed the entire trajectory of my career that one Sunday. Well, you never know when those are going to happen. That's right. And that's why it's so important to show up with your game face on for, for everything, mm -hmm. you know, with, with, whether it's you're going to step into that meeting or, 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 or if it's just talking with that person at the bar, my game face in that scenario, I mean, you're not just being a complete douche. You treat everybody like somebody you respect and want to, you, you treat them, you treat them well and talk to them well. And cause that might be the person that, that starts the, 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 that triggers their, whatever the effect is, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and so, or you may show up for that one crappy gig 
or that one crappy placement thing. We're like, man, there's nothing that's going to happen with this. That guy who's on that, there might be one person in that, in that chain, like the engineer, Mm -hmm. the producer, one of the other musicians who's like, dude, I like this guy. I got this other thing over here. You want to come do this with me? And then away it's the way it goes. You know, so you always got the A game. And that's why you can't really plan where it's going. You know, you can have your plan on where you want to go, but the path to get there will not be a straight line. And that's a perfect example of why, because you're on this path and you meet someone and you go over here and then something else is going to lead you here. And you're going to do this whole swirly thing that's ultimately going to lead you, you know, to where you want to go. Or even if it's not even where you want to go to a completely different place than you initially wanted to go, that that's even a lot better that you had no idea even existed or was even available to you. Yeah, agreed. Hey, I wanted to press pause on this podcast for a second and let you know that if any of your goals over the next year include recording and releasing a new album, generating placements of your songs on TV shows, films, and commercials, building a fan base that will sustain your career, or just transitioning into full-time music, I want to invite you to my special workshop, Real Musicians Don't Starve. In this workshop, we're going to focus on the three keys to your success, and you're going to learn an extremely powerful strategy that allows you to create your own wow factor. And this allows you to attract opportunities to you and your music, as well as remove any financial worry that you may have pursuing a career as a musician. You can check out this workshop for free at realmusiciansdontstarve.com slash workshop. Now let's jump back into the podcast. You know, you yeah. have songs that, that people write and these songs sit for six or seven years. Yeah, yeah And finally yeah. something happens with them. And, right. you know, I, I, have a, I have a Saturday morning kids show theme song. Um, and that song got licensed in 2011. It was written in 2005. There you that go. That song sat for six years. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, things do take time. And, and over that time, I, 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 I worked that song too. You know, I, I sat it sit, you know, I, I pitched it to people for a while and then I did nothing. I thought, figured it was you know, old news. And then I started pitching it again in 2009 and nothing happened. Then I forgot about it. And then, you know, 2010 or 2011, I signed it over to a company and next thing you know, you know, or publisher or library, you know, next thing you know, probably within a year that something happened with that song, but I had worked that song for years. Yeah. 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 And it just, it just sometimes it takes time, right? For the right song, right placement, the right yeah. hole that your thing can fill. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, I think I think that's that is a perfect summary of of the musician's pursuit. You know, um, and I love what you said earlier, where you do have to go and you do have to go create your own opportunities. Because twenty year old Ed knew that he had to leave Houston and go create some opportunities in Nashville. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, of course, I think now it's a little easier to do that because now we can connect with people so easily uh, as opposed to back when, you know, you and I both came to town and correct, you know, you know, now you can actually get on online and start meeting and following people and interacting with their social media and, and whatnot. Whereas, you know, back then that wasn't possible, you know, but at the same point, uh, there were definitely, you know, certain tactics that I used when I came to town. I looked up different engineers. I, I actually was a guy, as I'm sure you were too, you know, we actually read all the credits in, in the CD liners, you know, yep. and we learned yeah. who, who was working on stuff. And, and our goal was, you know, to get, I, I know Ed, Ed and I've been friends, so, so I'm speaking for him now. But our goal was to connect with people who we were familiar with, you know, reading a lot of those, those, uh, those credits. Now, again, it, now it's so easy. You can just get on a website and you can find all, all these people 
you know, for the most part, and you can interact with them. Whereas right. back in the day, we couldn't interact with them. We had to figure out if they were at some studio or if they were at, you know, some gig somewhere and maybe try and go in and figure out a way to go say hello to them. <laughs> well, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. You're just like waiting for your chance. Like, okay, there's yeah, my way. Yeah. I'm going to sneak in there now. Like, how you doing? I'm in and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. here you can beat it, yeah. you know? And, and, uh, then, and, and then you get nervous and, and then you just, you, you, you know, you, you, you don't do it at the last exactly. minute and you leave and you're like, oh, man, I should have done it. Yeah. <laughs> But but now it's now it's, I think now it's very easy to connect with people. I agree, I agree, and and you're right, you're right. So with social media and you know and the things that <clears throat> a lot of things with what you're talking about as far as you know sync deals and all of that. Fortunately, you don't have to go to Nashville, right? You don't have to go to these places, and and so I think that's what's really cool about what you're doing, um, in, in you know in your community, a lot of your community, um you you can go to the proverbial i don't know if that's the right word or not but where you, you know you can find the the community and it doesn't necessarily have to be you don't have to uproot your family and move yeah. to said place but you can find that online community like you said and start engaging with them yeah and and and, and you can dm people you know there might yeah. be that engineer who works on a ton of things and yeah he's super popular but if you go on his instagram page he's got 400 followers you know what I mean? Like nobody follows this guy yeah. and you send him a direct message. He probably gets one DM, you know, like once every few weeks. It's not like his mailbox is just full of like messages. So you're able to DM the guy and say, you know, Hey, so-and-so can I, would you be up for let me pick your brain for 45 minutes? I've got a list of five questions. I'd love to know the answer to, and, and I'll be quick. I won't take up a lot of your time. And I just, really love and admire what you do and, and, and can I pick your brain for, for 30 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. That person is probably going to say yes. I, I agree with you. I'd say 80% 80, 80 or more of the time they're going to say yes. I agree with you. Right. You know, the most of the industry it, is it too cool for school to, to, yeah. to, to talk to somebody. Yeah. And so that's where you're finding – what you're saying, that finding that on that online where you can actually connect with those people and find that community by not having to uproot, you know, that's if you want to do sync yeah. stuff or whatever, but you know what, shoot, if you want to be a musician now too, I guess the same deal, right? Yeah. So if you're a superstar guitar player guy, you probably only have a few thousand followers, you know, and mm -hmm. probably don't get a ton of messages. Well, I can, I, I, if I'm a, you know, if I'm a guitar player and I think I got some goods, you know, I can highlight my stuff online and send you a message. Say, dude, I love what you're doing. Check. I'd love to get your feedback. And you, you probably see that message and you probably out of curiosity, click the link. That's what I do. You know, yeah. you'll probably click that link. Like, Oh, wow. That guy's actually really good. You know, and yeah, someone may wow you or they may not. Well, I think the other thing too, is you have to understand that a lot of people who are at that point that you want to be on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's awesome. A lot, a lot of the people who are at the point that you want to be at, at one point, were where, were where you're at now, you know? So, so we've all gone on that journey and, and, you know, we can all look at, at the other people who are reaching out going like, yeah, I'm, I'm still living in a small town. I want to get out and I want to you know, do what you do. And I admire what you do. I'd love some, you know, opinion or, or, or some tips or some suggestions. Well, I, I was, I was that kid you know, 20 years ago, you were that kid 20 years ago. So, you know, you know, that experience, you know, what they're going through, you know? Uh, and, I, and I think most people 
most people uh, do. And again, it comes down to it, it's a it's a community. And most people also who've been in the business for a long time, I've seen people who've, who've jumped into the business. Uh, yeah, I've been in for a long time. They jumped in. They've been in for maybe you know two or three years. And they skyrocket to success. Yeah. And it's yep. like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to start connecting you know, you know, like I, I helped them out for a little bit and we, we were friends, but now they have this tremendous success. I want to start connecting with them. I want to start learning what they did to get there in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Right? It's you know? always so, an impressive thing to see. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Cool. Well, Ed, uh, man, I want to, I want to thank you. You shared a lot of great information. We've actually hit also on, on really the three keys to success, which is what I talk about uh, with Room Resistance Don't Starve. And that is, you know, the mindset. You know, and that's really the attitude that you were talking about earlier about, you know, people wanting to be around you. And that's, that's where a lot of things start. Obviously, the skill set, you have to come to the table with the goods. You don't have to be the best one out there, but you got to be able to, you know, come to the table with the skill set to do the job, right? And then the actions, and, and we covered a lot of actions today. And, you know, but, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but I want to hit one last thing before, before we, we wrap Please it do. up. Because I feel do. a nice wrap up happening so let me do it real quick yeah. let me interject real quickly um on the mindset thing um i think a big difference between a lot of people who make it and a lot of you who don't it is mindset which is overcoming the internal dialogue right so there's a lot of people who are very very talented and there are things inside that say man, I don't know if I'm good enough or they don't want to hear me or whatever those, those, those little lies are. Mm-hmm. And that stops them from taking that big scary step, right? Yeah. I want to give him a message, but he's not going to listen to me. Well, who cares if he doesn't listen to you? You may as well reach out, you know? And so I think a lot of it is just really those insecurities. We all have insecurities, right? right I have insecurities. Right. I still have insecurities. You know, so there, I, there's still moments of, 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 of while performing or playing or stepping in something, insecurities will pop up sometimes. And it's keeping those insecurities in check and not letting them stop you from moving forward. Too many people will have those fears, you know, that this isn't going to work out or maybe it might not be good enough or whatever it is, and they stop, right? They won't put themselves into that situation. And if, that's a recipe to never have a career because yeah. those insecurities are going to happen. And, and, and so you just, I just want to say this is that you have to be fearless and you have to be fearless. And even if you are, have those insecurities, you got to keep those in check and continue to put yourself out there and step through that door and, and to reach out to that person, step into that room to play, whatever it is. And just never succumb to those insecurities. They, they, they'll pop up. Do not let them stop you from moving, moving forward. That is awesome. I couldn't agree with you more. And thank you very much for that. That's, that's fantastic ad- advice to, to share with everyone. Because that really is, uh, you know, we are entering into, you know, when you are getting into the music industry of any kind, you are entering into an industry where rejection is commonplace. That's right. And, and you do have to enter into that understanding that, that people are going to turn you down. A but lot. it doesn't, yeah, but it doesn't mean that, that it just means that you have to change your mindset and look at it as they're turning you down because you're probably not the right fit for what they specifically need. 
mm-hmm. right? Has nothing to do with who you are or, or your ability. It's just maybe they're looking for, uh, you know, if, if, if you're auditioning for a gig, maybe they're looking for uh, a female with black hair. Exactly. Maybe, the, yeah, maybe, maybe, know. yeah, right. Maybe your artist you're playing for is five feet tall, you know, and you're six feet tall. And it's like, man, it's just, we need someone who's more her height because we don't want her looking like she's really short on stage. It's yeah. little things like that, you know. I, I, I walked into, my buddy got me a gig, got me an audition with Colby Calais. Okay. And if anyone knows anything about Colby, uh, she's a tall girl. And her, uh, I believe it was her boyfriend at the time, they might be married, I don't, I don't know what their situation is now, but her acoustic guitar player was someone she was in a relationship with. And he was also a very tall guy. I'm five foot seven. <laughs> and you know, the front line, you know, it's going to be the singer and the guitar players. And I remember I walked into the audition, I just stopped when they came up to me to, to say hello. And I was like, um, I'm, I'm too short. I yeah. knew I was too short for this gig. You know, but, I was like, this is, this is not going to work. I was the wrong guy. <laughs> but you went ahead and did the audition anyway. I, 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 I did all that stuff because crazier things have happened, but it's yeah. likely, like you said, like, there's like, is it because you suck and you're no good and everyone hates you and you, you should just no. go home and quit. Or is, yeah. it's like, that's, if you look at the guy they hired, he's probably tall or like her or whatever. He was, like, a, he was a tall guy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. They hired a guy who was probably like six foot two or six foot three. And exactly. I remember when I left that gig, my, my buddy who was their uh, tour manager, he's the one who recommended me. I called him and I said, man, what did you, why did you even call me for that? <laughs> I mean, I felt like a, like a fifth grader, you know, yeah. walking into a talent show or something like that with my parents. Like, you know, I was just so dwarfed by these people. Yeah, I know, but, I know the deal. That's it. So that's it, right? It's like, yeah, the, you could have left there and thinking all these lies that are going to creep in your head. And and the reality is, is that there are a lot of things at play. You might not be tall enough. You know, your hair may be long, and they want someone with short hair. You yeah. might be too old, and they want someone who's young. You know, there's there's just some right. You he yeah. plays guitars that are too modern looking, and we want a guy who looks vintage and plays yeah. you know old relic guitars and this kind of has that grungy kind of a vibe there's just a thousand things yeah. and so you, you, inevitably those those insecurities will creep up but they will be the death of your career if you let them stop you from just continuing to show up for those opportunities to continue to put yourself out there to continue to make yourself available and you know what maybe you're not good enough maybe it maybe it's just plain and simple you weren't good enough it doesn't mean you won't get good enough through this process, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so I'm not, yeah, yeah, maybe there's growth that still needs to happen, but it doesn't mean I'll never be good enough. I'm horrible. I'm filling the blank. It just means I can stay the course. I'll continue to hone my craft. I'll continue to put myself in these opportunities. I'll continue to just learn by getting thrown in the fire. And every time you put yourself in those situations where you're thrown in the fire like that. You're like, holy crap. I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. This is for me. My biggest growth happens then. So I'm, I'm, I'm growing so much quicker by throwing myself in those moments than sitting at home saying, okay, when I've mastered this, whatever, then I'll go do this thing. It's like, man, I just throw myself out there and I'm like, and I'm holding on for dear life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how I'll pull this off. And you know what? I pulled it off. And now I'm, that much farther belong, or farther along as a player because I just the trial by fire. 
So insecurities, mindset, everything, you know, are battling those insecurities. Don't let them stop you. And um, yeah. yeah, if you let those stop you, it, it, that, that is a surefire way to not have a career in music. Yeah, it's kind of the ready, what is it, ready, uh, ready fire, aim, you know, uh, yeah, mentality. Just, just, just put yourself out there. You know, you, you, rejection is going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, you just have to accept the fact that I get rejected all the time. My songs get rejected all the time. Uh, but then, you know, I have enough of a percentage that work that allow me to keep having the career, you know? Well, um, yeah. And on that, on that percentage, so 20 year old Ed somehow got it in his mind. It said, somehow I equated to what we were doing, trying to make it in music. I put it in perspective as a salesman. Like literally I thought, I thought, I don't know how 20 year old Ed came up with his thought process, but the thought was this. I thought, look, I'll bet you a salesman, when he is selling something, he gets told no X percentage of time before he gets a yes. Mm -hmm. Statistically, he probably knows I'm going to get 92 no's before I, I get one yes, whatever that is, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So let's just call that 100%. So uh, let's just call it, so 92% of the time, I'm going to get told no. Then I'm going to have that one sale yeah. and that's just, that's the process. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I literally always took those no's and there were lots of them. I always took the no's as, all right, I'm one no closer to that. Yes. Now it's yeah. like, sweet. I have to statistically, I have to get a certain amount of no's. It's just part of the, it's just part of it. Yeah. So sweet. I just got four no's this week. I'm four no's closer to that. Yes. So we're yeah. getting there. We're on our way. <laughs> That is, that, is, that is a mindset right there. And that's also how you're framing it. You're framing it in a, in a very positive way. And I think, you know, it really comes down to success, no matter what industry you're in. I think it ultimately comes down to your mindset. Correct. How you're going to approach it, how you're going to handle, you know, the ups and, and, and the downs. You know, even, even there's a phrase, a new level, a new devil, right? So I've even never when heard you do, that, but I love that. And that, Mike, that's so true. Yeah, when you get to the next level, there are going to be other things that are going to come up that are that you're going to have to deal with. There's yep. there's no way around it. Another it level, another stops. devil. It never that's, stops. That's so true. I love I love hearing that. Thanks for sharing that one. That's a good that, one. That's, and it's, that's but, a good one. But it is true. It just it doesn't stop. But what what happens is is you build confidence through each level. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden you're at this at the next level, and the new devil pops up. But now the mindset says, well, I conquered these other ones. I'm pretty certain I can figure this one out and conquer this one too. And so now you, you just have history of knowing that, well, I've overcome this. So I'm certain I can overcome this. And even if that's personal, even just in your personal journey, right? So, you know, so that, take the music career out of it, right? Think I've overcome this. I'm certain I can overcome this. And now the new fear, the new thing pops up. Well, I've conquered these two things in my life or one or three or four or five. I'm certain I'll, I'll get through this one too. So that is awesome. Mind. It's everything. That's awesome. Well, Ed, man, I really appreciate you coming and, and hanging out with us and, and sharing uh, uh, your perspective of, uh, you. of, of uh, your, your career and, and, and what's allowed you to be able to sustain uh, such a great career for such a long time and, and whatnot. And so uh, if you're ever watching a, a TV show and Carrie Underwood is the guest performer, look off to her right. 
you're going to see Ed there ripping it up on, on guitar and doing all the real awesome guitar poses during the lead guitar solos. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I definitely appreciate you, uh, you coming and hanging out with us, man. Hey, I, I, thanks for having me. I always enjoy to, to hang out and visit with you. So, um, yeah, thanks for reaching out. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right. We'll, we'll catch up soon. And best of luck with everybody out there. I know there's, you got a lot, of, a lot of talented people with a lot of heart and soul and hunger and passion. And, and uh, those are the things that, that make you succeed. So uh, Absolutely. I, my hat's off awesome. to everybody in your, in your group. Awesome, Ed. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Later. Hey, thank you so much for sticking around and listening to this podcast with Ed Eason. And I want to end today with our Real Musicians Don't Starve manifesto. And that is, real musicians are business owners and our business is music. A business is simply an organization where value is provided in order to make a profit. And unlike starving musicians who operate with a mindset of scarcity and fear, as success-driven musicians, we operate with a mindset of abundance, confidence, and service. We are doers, we are dreamers, we are creators, and we are achievers. We know that our true value is determined by how many people we serve and how well we serve them. Because our truth is, real musicians don't starve. I'll see you in the next episode.